I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Rick McElroy, Head of Security Strategy at security vendor Carbon Black, about findings from a recent threat report issued by the company examining the healthcare sector. So, Rick, for starters, tell us a little bit about what you looked at. And we also know that the healthcare sector has been the target of cyber attacks including ransomware attacks for a while now. What were some of the new changing or emerging trends you found? What's most disturbing? Well, I think a couple of trends. Number one is just the volume of attacks has increased. And I think I think this would include most of the sectors out there. However, healthcare is struggling, right? And, and so n- number one issue that was raised is really around maintaining a compliant and secure environment and sort of having the funding to do both of those. And then, of course, we saw a massive rise, and you nailed it, uh, ransomware, right, in that sector. But more importantly are what we're seeing in the supply chain across verticals and specific to healthcare. They have a very long supply chain, right? So whether that's medical devices that are coming in or offices that provide support. They've got to ensure that their patient records are secured throughout that entire supply chain. And and we've seen a massive rise in what we call island hopping attacks. So actually leveraging downstream suppliers, whether they're connected via business VPNs or whether that's devices coming in that the adversaries are going after and then getting into the healthcare organization. So what that shows is is healthcare is actually increasing uh, security spend and they're increasing their resiliency to cyber attack, but their downstream providers are not. Now, Rick, I also understand that the study found that nearly half of healthcare organizations said that they've encountered attacks where the primary motivation was destruction of data over the past year. Can you discuss this a bit more? What sorts of destructive attacks are we talking about? And what are the potential risks to patient safety if patient data is destroyed and the healthcare entities are not properly prepared to recover and rebuild that data? This is actually manifesting itself in a couple of different ways out there for healthcare, right? And so, so primarily, uh, and a large part of these numbers are going to be driven by uh, what we call counter-incident response activity. So uh, healthcare has some of the tools in place and, and a lot of the visibility to prevent some of these things. And so as a result, the adversaries on the other side are changing their behaviors and tactics Um, And doing things like you'll see wipers deployed to delete things like logs or evade other technology that's out there by deleting it. Uh, But more concerning is really what's happening with cyber extorters out there. So, you know, these groups that perform massive ransomware. Well, I think across the board, we've gotten better about defending this stuff. And so they're, they're getting a little upset and they're burning infrastructure as a last resort. So you'll see in some cases where the organizations don't pay the ransoms, that those ransomware teams are, are, are then using that same malware to start deleting. Um, and then downstream of healthcare, when you get into the, the R&D, right? So the research and development of medical devices or new medications, there are certain actor groups out there that are targeting R&D facilities and R&D infrastructure, taking the intellectual property and research Uh, and then burning the infrastructure to set them even further back. So, yeah, it remains a huge problem out there. So now, Rick, with that all said, are there particular common mistakes that you see healthcare entities making in their approach to security or their practices or their use of security controls that are most responsible for putting these organizations at risk for these types of attacks and the kinds of threats we've been talking about? 
Yeah, so I would say it's cultural, right? And it always starts probably at the top of the organization. So I think large healthcare organizations are taking this seriously. They understand that a system that's unavailable might actually cause a cascading effect, which could could result in a patient being affected, right? And, and whether that's they, they prescribe the wrong medicine and or don't have access to the thing that they need to save a life. Those are all real concerns. So, so I think major healthcare has started to create those cultures and put CISOs in place and programs in place. But downstream from that, I think culturally, there's still some issues. And then I think the other big one is struggling with onboarding all of this new gear. So healthcare is at the forefront of innovation. And frankly speaking, there's a whole lot of connected devices that are coming in. And, and there's, there's still a gap from a technology perspective to, to get visibility onto those, deploy things like endpoint detection and response or prevention. And, and so I think as an industry, we need to get together on that to work with the manufacturers of that equipment. So I also understand that you examined the dark web marketplace and the various health-related information that's found there. What, what did you find? One of the big ones is just the availability of information, right? And in large parts, you know, these are being used to commit identity fraud and medical fraud, right? And those types of things. But yeah, I mean, it's pervasive. And, and so what, what, what you see over 10 years ago is a flip, right? I mean, everybody was going after credit cards and credit cards were the hot commodity. Now credit cards on the dark web are relatively cheap. And in fact, they sort of become usable temporarily, right? Because it, it, well, there's pretty good fraud detection over that. What hasn't been as sophisticated and needs to be built again as a community is this ability to understand how much data is actually out there and drive the, the cost of that down so it's not in the cyber criminals' best interest. They're going after an ROI on all of that stuff. So there's a number of dark web marketplaces where it's out there. And yeah, they are at a premium over credit cards today. And Rick, let's go back to the supply chain issues, the island hopping sorts of things that you saw. Can you elaborate more on that, on some of the things that are going on there and what healthcare entities might be able to do to bolster their security so this is not as big of an issue as it's becoming? Sure. And, you know, I would say, you know, this is one of the areas that's not exclusive to healthcare. I mean, anybody that's using, say, a cloud-based email solution right now, Carbon Black, we've seen a number of issues associated with either business email compromise or reverse business email compromise, right? So I get access to a user's inbox. And then as an adversary, I'm living off the land in that inbox. So now I'm starting to understand communication flows internal to the company, the types of technology that are, that are kicking in tickets. In some cases, the adversaries uh, are manipulating the rules themselves. So the users aren't notified that there's a security issue and they, and they go, say, straight into the trash bin. So the you know, reverse business email compromise is a huge area that Carm Black sees, you know, along with um, watering hole attacks, uh, putting a piece of malicious code onto a good known website that redirects the user to do something, whether that's enter incorrect credentials, run a piece of crypto mining software, or in some cases, ransomware software out there. So, uh, you know, the, the same fundamentals still apply, right? You need application security. You need to make sure that your web-facing things are patched from the latest vulnerabilities out there and, and you're bringing testers in to hit that stuff. And then, of course, internal to the network, they really need to drive up the visibility into the adversarial chain. So they need to deploy both network and, and endpoint-based technology that can actually see those attacks, put the whole picture together, and then give the teams tools to respond faster. And Rick, you mentioned application security. Do you see many healthcare organizations starting to embrace DevSecOps or any sort of programs to bolster the security of the applications that their in-house teams might be developing for patients or clinicians? 
Yeah, absolutely. So DevSecOps gives a huge business advantage. So it, it becomes an innovation engine for the organization. So this this idea of rapid prototyping into rapid production. But fundamentally, I think the rails downstream still need to be built in some cases or matured, right? So that's going to be things like dynamic and static code analysis, actually having the security teams test the software before it's delivered out to customers, right? And or having a third party do uh, web application testing and or pen test. So those fundamentals still apply. And then, of course, I think the largest challenge for healthcare is, is patching. So most people think of patching as going after an OS and updating it, but they've got some, a lot of legacy systems that can't be updated. So they're going to have to look for controls like application whitelisting and application control to help that problem. They've got um, embedded systems that can't be updated, right? So, so things like uh, Microsoft embedded OSs. And then they've got, of course, firmware, hardware, and third-party software that's running around. So I think having great backups in place is an area to focus on in restoration. That's going to save you uh, whether it's a piece of ransomware or a destructive attack, um, that, that will help you recover faster. And then getting uh, the mechanisms in place to, again, see those attacks and stop them are going to be huge for healthcare. So yeah, DevOps becomes more agile in the organization. Their security team needs to build their program to be more agile because they're going to have probably for the short term a little cleanup work to do behind them. And hopefully in the long term are educating and, and putting it on the rails so that innovation can occur safely. And finally, Rick, when it comes to emerging cyber attacks that are maybe starting to be seen in other sectors, are there is there anything in particular that worries you about the healthcare sector that they might not be prepared for? Yeah, one of the things we've seen in the physical world is this culmination of kinetic attacks, right? So, so hey, I, I perform a, a physical world attack, and then I actually perform a secondary attack to interrupt either communications for, for first responders or, you know, I, I do something to actually physically harm them. And I think you'll see that as well. So actually performing either, you know, some sort of denial of service over a healthcare entity or a, a ransom attack coupled with a communications interrupted for first responders. And frankly speaking, you know, the effects of that are pretty bad, especially if you live in, in the city or town where that's conducted. And, and I know that's one of the worst case scenarios, but I think for healthcare, uh, the, those things and, and the CISOs out there, they become very real, right? I mean, they, they completely understand that they're responsible for lives. And then again, that supply chain. So, so I like what I've seen. There's an increased spend. There's definitely, I think, some culture shifts that are occurring. And, and I also think that things like the, the healthcare uh, ISACs, have been great, right? So being able to share some of these emerging threats with, with each other uh, and then the technology to bring those in and actually detect them. Thanks, Rick. I've been speaking to Rick McElroy of Carbon Black. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.